This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. The Buck Sexton Show. Matt, great to have you. How's your week been? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Happy New Year. Uh, let's just start. There's so much of this stuff going on with, with the Trump intelligence briefings and everything else. For you at this point, what's true, what's not? Where are you in all this stuff? I haven't had a chance to ask you about it yet. Uh, as far as which part of it? And whatever part of it strikes your fancy, you got intel briefings happening for the president. You got Trump saying that he's not in agreement with Assange. You've got him also saying that he wants the people to make up their minds. You, I don't know if you saw Woolsey no longer tied to the Trump team after a pretty rough interview on CNN. Uh, does the do the Trump folks have to yeah. just sort of say, OK, Russia did something? And, you know, what are your thoughts on all the stuff that's been breaking this? Sorry, I'm asking you kind of for a, a summary of the last few days. But what are your thoughts on what's going yeah, on? Yeah. No, no, no. And, and on top of all this, while uh, Trump is supposed to be getting these intelligence briefings, he uh, he's he's tweeting this morning about about The Apprentice, uh, you know, because, because that's where his priorities lay. So so I, uh, I didn't even see that. But wow. OK. <laughs> There we go. He, he tweeted. He, he tweeted this morning about uh, attacking uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger for doing a poor job taking over The Apprentice because they got they got poor ratings. So that that's where his priorities are. So the, the thing is, with you know what what really concerns me, uh, as far as you know Russia's involvement and the the hacking and all that, I I don't you know I, I really don't know what to believe. Although I do believe that Russia obviously was involved, and and I do think it's at least at the very least strange and concerning that Trump is uh, so cozy with them. However, the, the biggest concern for me with, with Trump and all this stuff with the intelligence briefings is I, I want, you know, these are things that happen behind closed doors. Um, there's a lot of decisions that presidents make. I would assume the majority of decisions that presidents make, especially when it comes to foreign policy, that are uh, not public. And you just have to take it seriously and do it because it needs to be done. But my concern is, you know, will Trump take, is Trump capable of taking things seriously? especially when they're not in public and he's not going to get any credit for it. So I can't, it's like, what is that like when Trump sits down for an intelligence briefing? Does he actually sit there and listen? And, or, or is he too busy thinking about the next tweet he's going to send about the apprentice? Apprentice, that's, that's my concern. And, and, I, and I, I do think it's a legitimate one. And I guess we're going to find out. What, what do you make of the uh, of one of the reports that came out that uh, that it, depending on how one views this is either really important or some people are completely downplaying it. But it, it does seem a little weird that the DNC, which is not really a people always think of it as a, as a government entity, but it, it's not like, you know, the DNC is not like the DOD. I mean, the DNC is, is its own thing, uh, but that they wouldn't let the FBI into or they they sort of uh, stymied uh, they weren't interested in letting the FBI get actual access to their servers when they initially thought they were hacked. Does does that does that smell funky to you or is that making a lot out of not so much? Yeah, well, of course it's funky. I mean, if they really want to get to the bottom of what's going on, you would think they would be that they would say to the the FBI, yeah, come in here and and investigate and, and do what you have to do. Uh, and I think it's clear from you know from from the the emails that we saw. I don't think. 
There wasn't anything that was leaked as far as I can remember or I'm aware that revealed for sure actual criminal conduct. But there were a lot of things that indicated the possibility that things are going on behind the scenes that were maybe not, uh, you know, uh, uh, completely above board. So, yeah, that, 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 that to me is concerning. And so you have that's the problem. You have, you have two sides of this. And, um, of course, as is always the case with politics, you, you, you can't fully trust either side. And I'm always going to be inclined to distrust pretty much everything Democrats say because they pretty much lie about everything. So they've kind of brought that on themselves. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to see the newfound uh, fascination and, and fury and, and even hysteria over cybersecurity. Uh, Matt, I'm one of the people that got a letter in the mail that just was like, hey, just NBD, brah, but the Chinese totes have all of your biographical information, including social security number, everywhere you've lived, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll pay for like some free credit monitoring for a couple of months. See ya. Uh, that happened f- to millions of people who work for the government, and the Obama administration was like, yeah, you know, stuff happens. Then we get this hack uh, of Podesta's emails, which embarrassed some senior Democrats, and I, I, and I really don't believe that it actually turned the election. I mean, there's a lot of, that's a, you know, I, I guess that you can never prove it one way or the other, but nonetheless, the newfound fascination and, and as I said, hysteria over hacking just seems a little too convenient from a lot of journalists and from a lot of Democrats. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing everyone talks about. That we we've switched sides on on uh, not just the, particularly this issue and a lot of issues, but when it comes to you know cybersecurity, WikiLeaks, uh, uh, hacking, you know, we we have all of a sudden both sides have just all of a sudden switched, and it's a little bit hard for for those of us who are not politicians or who who really try to to have firm principles and to get to the truth it's, it's really confusing it's, it's very it's, it's very dizzying to see how the two sides have all of a sudden switched uh, particularly with WikiLeaks and it's like I, I can I can it, it seems to me it was only I don't know a year ago or or so that the Democrats loved WikiLeaks they, they, and, and it was Republicans attacking WikiLeaks and saying that they're traitors and so on and so forth and it's been a complete and total switch uh, and it's very very <laughs> confusing or i guess it's not really that confusing people just don't have uh, principles and they do what's politically advantageous uh, i also want to ask you about something that this this fascinates me you know one of the things that you often hear is uh is that the way switching gears here to sort of jihad and and all the stuff that's going on in, in the middle east and the attacks against the west and i, I did think that the nightclub massacre uh, that occurred in istanbul which primarily targeted non-turkish foreign nationals, Westerners who were at the nightclub, didn't get very much coverage at all on New Year's Eve. I, I think people forgot about that way too quickly. Uh, but, but we're always told that there, we're in an information war, an ideological war, and we need to find ways to confront the narrative. The, the BBC has come out with this Real Housewives of ISIS, and my girlfriend tells me the Real Housewives of anything is usually a good show, but the Real Housewives of ISIS is obviously a parody. I just want to play the, the trailer, then we'll get Matt's uh, reaction to this. Here's the Real Housewives of ISIS, courtesy of the BBC. Sarah, do we have that trailer? Yeah, sorry, we're, get, we're going to get the trailer for you. There it is. Do we have it? Coming up this season on the Real Housewives of ISIS. It's only three days till with a headache, and I've got no idea what I'm going to wear. Abdul seduced me online. He had me at free healthcare. So this is my sixth marriage. Uh, I've been widowed five times. 
six times. I'm so glad I've moved over here. It's everything those guys on the chat rooms told me it would be. And it's full of so many wonderful surprises. You don't have to do this in Birmingham. So, Matt, making fun of, you know, what to wear to attend the beheading. I mean, parody is oftentimes a very effective political tool. There is outrage in the UK, and I'm sure if we were to ask, you know, CARE and other groups here about this. So now we can't even make fun of ISIS. That's considered insensitive. Yeah, my, my understanding about that video is that the women, not that it really matters because anyone can make fun of ISIS, but the women in the video uh, are Muslim themselves. So that's my understanding anyway. And if that's the case, well, first of all, you know, it really takes, it, it does take uh, a lot of courage for, I, I think, to, to do that, in the first, especially as a, as a Muslim. Uh, yeah, it's not like they're in Syria or something like that. But if you're in Europe, I mean, ISIS is all over Europe. And uh, to mock them like that so publicly, make yourself a target, that takes that takes that does take guts. Um, so we should give them some credit for that. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, every time and anytime we talk about ISIS, uh, leftists will insist that there are you know, there are plenty of Muslims out there denouncing extremism. And uh, the conservative point is, well, there aren't enough. And then some come out and they denounce extremism and the leftists are mad about that, too. So I, so it's, it's kind of like a lose lose situation for for these muslims who are not extremists i guess because they're gonna get criticized either way uh of, of course it's of course it's completely ridiculous and it goes without saying goes without saying that if that video was uh, the same kind of thing but making fun of quote-unquote christian fundamentalists then you know nobody on the left would have a problem with that that's just that's a double standard that we all don't even need to point it out anymore because it's so obvious yeah, but the the effort to make uh, make a mockery of, of ISIS, I do think it's it's important, and and you can see on the other side of of the equation, uh, and, and I know you do too, Matt. But it's it's frustrating to me that this is uh, automatically people say, oh well, this is going to just make create a rise in Islamophobia. It's like no, they're very specifically making fun of ISIS, right? It's not the real housewives of Islam, and yet there still is this outrage over it. I couldn't help but noticing that uh, there's a, a piece in uh, AFP uh, that one of Charlie Hebdo, Charlie Hebdo, everybody recalls um, back in, in uh, a year ago, or was it now two years ago, uh, was shot up by jihadists uh, in Paris and a number of people killed because of its satirical drawings. <laughs> a journalist is leaving there saying, you know what, they won't touch Islam anymore. So, you know, the scare campaign works, actually. Yeah, and I do, and I agree with you that mockery, uh, it's who's who? I forget who the quote is from. It was, at the, it, was it was in uh, C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters at the beginning of his book. But you know, the, the devil can't stand to be mocked, and uh, which of course means that we should mock the devil. And ISIS, they they are demonic. They're evil. And I think I think mockery of evil things is um, yeah. These days, because we're so sensitive, we uh, people I don't know they they they, they feel uncomfortable with it, but. It is ISIS on top of being brutal and uh, and wicked and terrible. It's also absurd what they stand for and what they believe is is truly absurd. And so to have people pointing out, particularly Muslims pointing that out, is really is really powerful. And we we should definitely encourage it, not not get our um, our underwear in a bunch about it. Matt Walsh is the author of the Matt Walsh blog. He also does the Matt Walsh podcast, which you can get uh, under his name at theblaze.com slash Matt-Walsh. Real quick, Matt, before we let you go, what do you got planned for the weekend? Anything exciting? You and the fam doing anything cool? Well, you know what? I wish I could say we were, but we've, uh, I don't know what's going on where, where, where you live, but we've had these, uh, we've had, 
stomach viruses and really bad colds, like devastating this entire state. And it's finally hit our family. So we're, we're kind of hunkering down and waiting for all the, the sickness to, to pass over us. I got you. Well, enjoy some Netflix and, and feel better to the Walsh clan. Uh, great, to, great to have you on, Matt. Thanks for calling in. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 